Make sure you're subscribed to Issues Etc. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. We will not sell to anyone, anyone, a, a message that I disagree with as a matter of religious faith, just as a speechwriter says, or the press release writer, the freelance writer says, I will not sell to anyone a speech that offends my religious beliefs. But here, they are defining their service by excluding someone based on their... That's their religious belief. Well, in Colorado... You can't change their religious belief, right? No, but... but well, to... And you protect religious beliefs under the statute, right? That is one of the protected characteristics, yes. in theory. And in practice. If it wasn't in practice, we had heard about it over, over the past several years, and, and my friend has pointed to no example where this has been applied. Mr. A... Phillips did go through a re-education training program pursuant to Colorado law, did he not, Mr. Olson? He went through a, a process that ensured he was familiar it with... It was a re-education program, right? It was not a re-education program. What do you call it? It was a process to make sure he was familiar with Colorado law. Someone might be excused for calling that a re-education I strongly program. disagree, Justice Gorsuch. Thank you, Mr. Olson. That's an exchange Monday between U.S. Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch and Colorado Solicitor General Eric Olson in the case 303 Creative LLC v. Elenis. It's about compelled speech. It's about laws that are intended to protect speech sometimes being used to compel speech. The Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals said, yes, Colorado has an overriding interest in making a Colorado businesswoman, in this case Lori Smith, say something she doesn't believe. Well, what will the Supreme Court say? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in live on this Tuesday afternoon, the 6th of December. We're going to spend some time with Aaron Hawley of Alliance Defending Freedom talking about the U.S. Supreme Court case on public accommodation and compelled speech. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 with Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel. And we'll be looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary, Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy will be with us in hour two. Aaron Holly is senior counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF is representing website designer Lori Smith in the case 303 Creative LLC v. Elenis. Aaron is also author of a column for The Federalist titled, For Artists Like Colorado's Lori Smith, The First Amendment Protects the Right Not to Speak. Aaron, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. How do you think the Supreme Court justices reacted yesterday to oral argument? You know, overall, I think yesterday was a really good day for the First Amendment, for the right of artists and speakers like Lori Smith to speak according to their conscience. There was a clear majority of justices who were very skeptical of Colorado's argument that it could force Lori and countless others like her to speak contrary to their most deeply held beliefs. What is this case about? Give us the lay of the land. So this case comes out of Colorado, and Colorado applies its anti-discrimination law to artists like Lori Smith. Lori Smith is a Christian website design artist, and she wants to create wedding websites, but she can only create messages according to her faith. Now, it's important to realize that Lori serves everyone from every walk of life, including LGBT clients, but what Lori can't do is create messages that violate her conscience or are contrary to her faith. And yet that's precisely what Colorado says it has the power 
to do. It says that it can force Lori to design same-sex marriage websites, even though that's contrary to her belief. And again, yesterday, we saw a number of justices, even seven, express skepticism that this was something that the First Amendment allows. What relationship does this case have to the Masterpiece Cake Shop cases and how they unfolded before the U.S. Supreme Court? You know, that's a good question. This case, in a way, is like deja vu. It bears a lot of similarities to the Masterpiece Cake Shop. That case involved Jack Phillips, and Jack Phillips also has the misfortune of living in the state of Colorado. So for over 10 years, Colorado has been litigating against Jack Phillips, forcing him to create custom art in the form of custom wedding cakes for marriages with which his faith says are not marriages. He believes that marriage is between one man and one woman. And Colorado says that he must create these custom wedding cakes. They're very beautiful. uh, And that he must use his imagination and his heart and his hands to create these cakes for marriages, even though those marriages contradict his religious beliefs. Now, Lori is also from Colorado, and she's had sort of a front row seat to this persecution of Jack Phillips and to Colorado's insistence Jack create these cakes. In fact, it was only 24 days after Jack Phillips won at the Supreme Court that Colorado instituted new litigation against Jack Phillips. And the reason we are back here again is because in the Masterpiece Cake Shop Cake, what the Supreme Court found was that Colorado demonstrated religious hostility towards Jack Phillips, that they had not treated him and his religious views fairly, and so they ruled on that narrow ground. This case, Lori's case, presents the broader question of whether Colorado can use its anti-discrimination law to force artists and speakers like Lori and Jack to speak contrary to their conscience, even though they serve everyone. So what did the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals have to say about this case? So the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, they they got the decision about two-thirds correct, (laughs) and then they really went off the rails. So what the Tenth Circuit said was that Lori is absolutely a speaker. Even Colorado concedes this. Websites include words, they can include hand-drawn graphics, her personalized creation of fonts, videos, pictures, all these sorts of media that the Supreme Court has called pure speech. Colorado says that Lori is clearly speaking. The Tenth Circuit agreed with that. In addition, the Tenth Circuit found that Colorado's law forces Lori to speak contrary to her beliefs. In fact, they found that the very purpose of Colorado's law is to excise views like Lori from the public square. Now, those two findings that Lori speaks and that Colorado is trying to ban her views from the public square should have decided this case in Lori's favor. But instead, what the Tenth Circuit did when it went off the rails is it said that Colorado has a compelling interest in ensuring equal access to Lori's individual artwork, her handiwork, the work of her heart and her hands. Even though there are thousands of website designers and hundreds in the Denver metro area that are available to serve same-sex couples, the Tenth Circuit said that Colorado has an interest in ensuring equal access to Lori's particular designs and speech. And so they found that Colorado could, in fact, compel her to speak contrary to her religious views. So let's talk about those laws, these public accommodation laws. What are they, and how are they also elsewhere being used to compel speech? 
So these laws are, are historically really laudable laws that prevented discriminatory conduct in the provision of things like hotels or inns or trains or river barges, sort of this idea that when you are serving the public in sort of a quasi-public duty fashion, then you uh, have a duty to serve everyone and cannot discriminate, particularly based on race. So these laws came about during the civil rights era and have traditionally coexisted very well with the First Amendment and with free speech rights. In recent years, we have seen a number of jurisdictions expand these laws dramatically, especially in ways that jurisdictions and states are using these anti-discrimination laws to actually compel speakers like Lori and like Jack Phillips to speak contrary to their most deeply held convictions. And that's where we get the tension in this case. The anti-discrimination laws, you know, historically serve very laudable purposes, but we also have the First Amendment that protects this free and fearless reasoning that our founders designed uh, and crafted and encapsulated in the First Amendment that is so crucial to self-government. And the Constitution says... States simply do not have the power to force individuals to speak contrary to their own consciences. These laws, state to state, do they explicitly protect speech? Some of them do, and that's such a good point. Uh, There were a number of justices in the oral argument yesterday that indicated that, you know, the sky would fall and we would have rampant discrimination and these really horrible scenarios if the Supreme Court did its job and protect speech. But my colleague, Kristen Wagner, who argued on behalf of the Alliance Defending Freedom, was quick to point out that actually 20 jurisdictions currently protect speech while preventing discrimination based on status and that those jurisdictions are doing well. The sky has not fallen. And so it's perfectly consistent to both prevent status discrimination based on race or any other characteristic while allowing people to speak in accordance with their own conscience. So it really is a win-win situation where states and other localities can prevent discrimination and conduct, but also can allow people to speak according to their own consciences. So what particular arguments did the Alenis side of the argument make there in oral argument? So the arguments made by Colorado are really shocking uh, in the fact that they are broader even than the Tenth Circus decision. What Colorado basically said is because Lori sells her speech, because there's a commercial transaction involved, that she has no right to First Amendment protection at all, that the First Amendment scrutiny does not even apply, and the court should just really look the other way and let Colorado and other governments compel people to speak. Now, this, of course, is is not consistent at all with First Amendment law. It's black-letter law that artists and speakers are protected, whether their speech is paid or pro bono. And so I think that argument didn't get much traction yesterday, but that was sort of the broadest argument that Colorado made. Another argument that Colorado and the United States, the Biden administration, made was that in this particular instance, you cannot separate status from message, meaning that because Lori cannot create same-sex wedding invitations or websites, that means she's discriminating against gay people based on their status. But the stipulated facts here just show that isn't true. Lori, in fact, has gay clients. She happily serves them in all other aspects of her business. She simply cannot declare uh, and write and imagine and use her heart and hands to create certain messages for anyone. Justice Gorsuch and Justice Barrett really picked up on this at oral argument, 
noting that Lori objects to the what or the message and not the who. So how do you respond to those set of arguments that are made by the Elena side? So I think the first one is just absolutely uh, would overturn uh, much of First Amendment law. There's no question that as business owners in America, you not lose your First Amendment rights. The court in the famous Hobby Lobby case decided that there are other cases involving newspapers and publishers and paid artists. Under Colorado's theory, even the mom with the Etsy side hustle would be subject to compelled speech uh, and would be forced to say, you know, whatever the government's favorite argument uh, of the day was. And that's clearly contrary to First Amendment law. I would hope that no justice would endorse that sort of theory. And this idea that you can't separate status from message is also false, especially based on the facts of this case. In a case called Hurley, it involved a very similar situation. Massachusetts tried to apply its public accommodation law to require the Boston Parade to include a gay parade contingent with their banner name. And what the Supreme Court said was that the parade contingent was very happy to have people from all walks of life participate, but they did not have to include a message that conflicted with their own message. Well, that same principle protects Lori here. She serves everyone, is very happy to do so, but she won't create certain messages for anyone, regardless of their protected status or any of their beliefs or characteristics. Erin Holly is our guest. She's senior counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. We're talking about a U.S. Supreme Court case on public accommodation and compelled speech. We'll Hear what Alliance Defending Freedom had to say at the court yesterday after this. This is Molly Hemingway, encouraging you to listen to my favorite podcast, Issues, etc. Every day you get in-depth interviews with host Todd Wilkin asking expert guests, substantive, thought-provoking questions on all of the important news and issues of our day. The expert guests are in culture, law, ethics, philosophy, theology, and apologetics. Expert guests, expansive topics, always extolling Christ, issues, etc. Making Disciples for Life. Across the nation, students are back in school in over 1,800 schools serving children in early childhood through high school. Students are thriving in programs of excellence in a safe, caring Christian environment taught by dedicated teachers. To find a school in your community, visit lcms.org schools. Connect today for information about a Lutheran school for the children in your family at lcms.org schools. Memoria Press is a family-run publisher of classical Christian education materials for homeschools and private schools. Every page of the Memoria Press curriculum leads students to a mastery of content, an understanding of the classical heritage of the Christian West, and an appreciation of truth, goodness, and beauty. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. memoriapress.com Your comprehensive source for information, teaching, and truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. 
Dr. Russell Dawn, president of Concordia University, Chicago. Indeed, the quest for truth is at the core of a university's purpose. The liberal arts, illuminated by the revealed truths of Scripture, are powerful for equipping students for a life of self-governance. A disciple is one who follows the Master. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? He said that it means to take up one's cross. The cross is thus the symbol of dying for others, of dying to self for the sake of serving others. And a life of service is a life well-lived. Truth, Freedom, Vocation, Concordia University, Chicago, cuchicago.edu. Welcome back to Issues Etc. We're talking about the U.S. Supreme Court case on public accommodation and compelling speech with Erin Holly. She's Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF is representing website designer Lori Smith in the case 303 Creative v. Alenis. And Erin is an author of a column for The Federalist titled, For Artists Like Colorado's Lori Smith, The First Amendment Protects the Right Not to Speak. Now, if you appreciate our regular updates on religious liberty issues, please make a year-end tax-deductible contribution to support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. Any size gift is deeply appreciated. You can make a secure online donation at issuesetc.org or by giving us a call, 618-223-8385. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2022. Aaron, what arguments did Alliance Defending Freedom make yesterday before the Supreme Court? So Alliance Defending Freedom, I was privileged to be in the courtroom and to to get to hear those arguments that I think a majority of justices seem to take on board. And those arguments are simply that while government has the power to prevent discriminatory conduct, it does not have the power to mandate government orthodoxy. From, you know, the civil rights era on, the Supreme Court has been very clear that government cannot force citizens uh, to carry the government's own message. The government doesn't get to pick sides in a public debate. As well, on the facts of this case, it's really clear-cut that Lori is speaking. Colorado sometimes referred to Lori's websites as products. Uh, and Justice Gorsuch leaned into the microphone yesterday and said, you mean speech, <laughs> right? So it's clear that Lori is speaking. It's clear that Cotta violates her conscience in forcing her to say something she disbelieves. And under the court's First Amendment precedent, that means that Lori should be free from government compulsion. And the reality is this case is about so much more than marriage. Regardless of your views on marriage, we should all be able to agree that the government should not have the power to force someone to say something they don't believe. Free speech protects Lori just as much as it would protect an LGBT website designer who wouldn't want to make a website disparaging same-sex weddings or a black sculptor who would make a cross for a church service, but not an Aryan church or white supremacist group. And this idea that free speech protects everyone is really just a fundamental principle that I expect we'll see the Supreme Court reaffirming. So you mentioned the precedents. What previous court rulings are the justices likely to use in their decision? 
One of the most sort of canonical decisions in the free speech case involves the Barnett sisters. And the Barnett sisters were Jehovah's Witnesses. And West Virginia said it had the power to force these school children, these young girls, to say the Pledge of Allegiance, even though the religion said that that was giving an oath that was contrary to their religious faith. The case went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and in a really eloquent decision and also a concurrence by Justice Jackson, the Supreme Court explained that however compelling government might view its interest, uh, it could not force the unification of compulsory opinion. It could not mandate orthodoxy. It could not make school children say pledges that contradicted their religious beliefs. And since that point in time, there have been a series of cases, including the Hurley case, which is uh, particularly on point as it also involved an anti-discrimination law of Massachusetts. Here we have Colorado. And in that case, the court confronted really the very same arguments. And Massachusetts in that case said that it had the power to compel the Boston Parade to speak. The court said it did not, and I believe that a majority of justices will say the same thing in Lori's case. How do you respond to the claim that a ruling in favor of 303 Creative would allow businesses to simply reject entire classes of people? That's an absurd charge. It really distorts from the important issues that are at this case, involved in this case. It's a position that Alliance Defending Freedom would never endorse. This case is about speech. It's not about conduct. It will not allow a business to exclude an entire class of people. What it will allow is an LGBT designer who wishes to speak only in favor of same-sex marriage to be allowed to do that. It will allow black sculptors who sculpts crosses to be able to refuse to sculpt a cross for the Aryan church. And it will provide those same protections to Lori Smith so that she doesn't have to speak against her conscience. But it absolutely will not allow any business owner to exclude uh, any class based on any protected characteristic or otherwise. How do you expect the court to rule in this case? I believe that the court will rule in Lori Smith's favor. And the real question is how broadly. The fact is that Lori's case is a relatively easy one under the Supreme Court's precedent. As even the Tenth Circuit found, Lori is clearly speaking and Colorado is forcing her to speak. And this court has repeatedly said that to force someone to speak forces them to betray their convictions and is really an anathema to the First Amendment. So I think the question is how broad the court will go. Will they go a bit broader and indicate that they're also going to protect artists like Jack Phillips, who has been in litigation for 10 years? Will they protect photographers who have sincere objections similar to Lori's? Or will they narrow it only to pure speech like Lori's? So I think that's the big question. That's what I'm wondering is cases continue to come before the court like this. They have their own nuances. But at what point does the court speak broadly and definitively on compelled speech? So I think they have to speak definitively in this case and say the government cannot compel individuals to speak even when the interest is anti-discrimination. That's what Hurley says. I think that's what the court will say in 303 Creative. Now, the question is whether they will lay out guidance for lower courts on what counts as speech. The lower courts have been, some of them, some state courts in particular, have found things uh, like wedding cakes and flowers and photography calligraphy, those sorts of things, even videography, not to involve speech. So we can hope that the Supreme Court will set out some parameters. It has a test for expressive conduct. 
It asks whether the speaker intends to speak and whether a reasonable observer will believe that speaker to be speaking. So both a subjective and objective test. And my hope is that the court will sort of lay out that test and say it applies in this circumstance as well. And so that will protect um, all speakers and not those that are simply using words and designs like Lori. Did any of the justices query Colorado in this case about whether or not they would argue that, say, an atheist website designer should be required over against their conscience to create a Christian wedding website with Christian symbology and statements of beliefs that that atheist does not agree with? You know, something that's really strange about both Colorado and the United States argument is that you would think, to be consistent with their argument, that they would have to argue exactly for that position. But instead, what they argued yesterday was that message-based exemptions are allowed, and that if a speaker declines messages for everyone, that speaker is entitled to do that under the First Amendment. But the catch is they carve out Christian marriage. So they say, when you're speaking about marriage, you have to represent every viewpoint, even ones that can contradict your faith. And Justice Gorsuch has called this sort of the state's gerrymander, that that you can have a message-based protection except for marriage. And I think Colorado and the United States were trying to limit their arguments, but I think that really shows the flaws, that they're willing to grant message-based protections to everyone except Christian artists like Lori. Aaron Hawley is Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF is representing website designer Lori Smith before the U.S. Supreme Court. She's author of a column for the Federalist titled, For Artists Like Colorado's Lori Smith, The First Amendment Protects the Right Not to Speak. You'll find a link to this column and to Alliance Defending Freedom at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Aaron, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Pastor Tom Baker of Long Gospel will be teaching a Sunday school lesson next. We'll be on the Mount with Jesus, where he preaches about worry and compares us to the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. Stay tuned. Thanks to our listeners, Issues Etc. has operated independently and in the black for 14 consecutive years. Please help us cover all of our expenses again this year by making a year-end tax-deductible gift. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our latest book, The Wittenberg Trail, Paths to Lutheranism, and a new recording of 22 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for your support at the end of 2022. Join Lutherans for Life in Washington, D.C., Thursday, January 19th through Saturday, January 21st, 2023. Go to lutheransforlife.org to learn more about LFL's Conference for Adults, LFL at the March, and the Y for Life Youth Conference in Washington, D.C. The registration deadline is December 15th. Lutherans for Life equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. Lutheransforlife.org It's the days before Christmas and the list is so long of whom to buy what for, so I'll help you along. Ad Crucem has gifts for all budgets and tastes. Our service is quick for shoppers in haste. Pop over to the website adcrucem.com for gifts focused on Christ where it's always belonged. 
reminders of his work for saints in this world and his promises eternal yet to be fulfilled. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod cares deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith. Send your mailing address to LCMS Chaps at lcms.org or call us at 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. Listen to what you want, when you want. You're listening to Issues Etc. Listen to the best of the church's music for the Advent season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the Advent season. LutheranPublicRadio.org Do you want your neighbors and community to see what you're celebrating this Christmas season? Why not display an outdoor nativity in front of your home or church? It's a great way to show others what Christmas is all about. The birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Check out the Outdoor Nativity Store at OutdoorNativityStore.com Durable, affordable, and American-made nativities Outdoornativitystore.com OutdoorNativityStore.com